Welcome into Hoops Form, a production of Radius Athletics and a Quick Timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Big thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. We've been telling you for weeks about their famous $55 team packs with four pieces of apparel, and they have an equally as popular $99 team pack, which gives you more customization, includes some even nicer pieces of apparel, including sweatshirts for these colder months here. To find out more about what 323 Sports can do for your program, visit 323sports.com or you can contact a sales rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your basketball program. Well, about a month and a half ago, I think maybe a little bit less than that, but mm-hmm. Randy and I did a couple of episodes on practice planning and some things to consider for preparing to start your practices. And we're at the point now where I think all of us are into our seasons and a few of us have already played several games and probably in those games, things have been revealed to us that we need to work on. I've mm-hmm. had some coaches ask my opinion about like, how do you do certain things or what do you do when this pops up? And I know Randy also has, especially with his ramp ramp coaches have had kind of questions similar to that. So I thought it'd be good for us to do kind of a Q and a today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the responses that we got were fantastic. And a, a lot of them so much so that I don't think we could fit them all into one episode. So this may be, it will be at least a part two, maybe even a part three. I don't Let's know. Go. We'll see how we go from here. There were a couple in here that, I think maybe even the first four that I have listed for us that I got multiple from multiple coaches. So okay. I know these things kind of on the minds of coaches here. And I thought this one was good because it alludes to the fact that sometimes we have this idea of what we want our practices to look like before the season starts. We have mm-hmm. kind of like this ideal of what we want things to look like, but then the real games start. And yeah. the question that the person had was, how do you kind of trim the fat of our practice planning and maybe focus in on things that matter more? Man, that's a great question. I, I think what I would say um, would be for me, how we play informs how we practice. So uh, meaning, meaning our style of play, like our, our style of play informs how we practice. So that's how I kind of trim the fat and kept, extra stuff out is like we we have the tools that we need as far as drills or activities or whatever to to teach our offense our defense our presso our whatever and and really like if it's not a tool that teaches that then i keep it out of our practice library like it just doesn't make it in so that's what i would advise um anyone is how to trim the fat i would say start with style of play and if like you're doing something in practice it like doesn't directly correlate to to being better at your style of play then it's probably fat how do you balance that with maybe not falling prey to recency bias well i think it takes some self-discipline it takes some uh some self-awareness i think what i evolved into as a coach was someone who was like we i just my answer to myself when I ask myself questions would, would be we lost last night because we're, we're not good enough at, at what we're trying to do yet. Yeah. You may on one level of thinking it may be we got out rebounded or we, we missed 15 free throws or something like that. Like, like, yeah, on one level that might be why we lost last night, but on let's zoom out. And I would say we lost, my answer will always be, 
we lost last night because we're just not good enough at doing our thing yet. There's a level of like plowing through with big picture in mind versus just focusing all your attention on something that you were bad at last night. I have found that like we're not good at this last night. Recency bias just affirms that we're not good at this. <laughs> so we need yeah. <laughs> we, we, we need to practice this more. Yeah. So I think the key was like what you said, that awareness of what my team actually is big picture wise versus just making rash decisions based off of one thing that happened. Yeah. And, and, and I, I also hope that like we have some self-awareness, meaning like is the coach at Southwest Missouri teachers college when they go play Duke in Cameron after, you know, in one of the, you know, like. Is we lost last night because we didn't rebound last night. Like what you know, like we got. You know, I mean, we we played someone better. That's yeah. why we lost. Uh, this one is a kind of an organizational topic: pen and paper, spreadsheet, or template practice planner. Man, I'm kind of a combination of two of those. Like a plate that has these these sort of like headings on it for like you know different periods in our practice that below it was like blank white space. And I just kept a bunch of our, those templates, you know, just made copies of them and kept them on a little tray on my desk and I would just get one off. And then in pen paper, I would then with a pen on that template, I would write in what we were going to do minutes, you know, this many minutes for this drill or, or whatever I would, I would write it in. So I guess I'm a combination. Is that allowable? Yeah, that's allowable. I would, okay. I would like don't do what somebody else did. Do what yeah. Do what fits you and and fits your program. Even the best template that you're gonna find out there, you're gonna start using it, and there's a pretty good chance that you're gonna be like, I don't need X X and X, or I wish this had X X and X. I know what the question is being asked, but I would just encourage coaches to like, as you coach longer and longer, like what what fits you both your style and also what fits your program like what matters to you guys and that may determine what's there on that sheet whether that's something that you track or boxes to fill in or yeah whatever it is and i also think too that that's just sort of like a personality driven thing yeah. sometimes like a coach i've seen some really good coaches who you know they're just doodling stuff down on the back of a <laughs> piece of paper that they wrote you know and that's kind of like their plan and then i've seen some that have a spreadsheet with more details and boxes and than you could imagine. And the practices are kind of meh, you know, like it's kind of, so it's really just what you feel comfortable with. That's what I felt comfortable with is just a template. And then I would write in, in our with pen. All right. So you start planning that practice with that template, but now assigning time segments to, or attention to, and mm -hmm. several coaches asked, how long do you keep, your drills or small side of games or whatever you do, do you feel like that's something that you like to lock yourself into a time frame, or is it play to a score or do you just until feel like they've got it and move on? Like what are some of the factors that go in determining how long those segments are? Yeah, I think that's a trial and error thing that, that, you know, you'll kind of get a gauge with experience of how long is sort of too long to keep attention and focus on a certain drill or activity just constantly revisit that, you know, if you're feeling like in practice, like, ah, oh, this could have been 12 minutes instead of 18 or something like, just adjust as you go. 
my personal style, I guess if that's what you're asking, is I was kind of like really true to the plan. Like if I had it on the plan for eight minutes, that's what we're going to do. Not Even if it didn't go well, I'm not going to stick with it longer. And I tended to stay true to the plan and do my darndest to, to get everything on the plan that at least done, maybe not great. It could have been better. And then, that, then I just sort of revisit that when I plan. I think it's another good question. It's like some people plan weekly. Some people plan daily. I was more of a daily, like day to day. Like I, I planned today's practice today. Like I, this morning for an afternoon practice, I plan it out. You know, that's how I did it. But I think you kind of got to maybe just make mental notes or even physical notes uh, on your plan. Like I, this, this was too long or this, we got to do this again tomorrow or this should have been, you know, I thought it would only take five minutes, but it really needs eight or something like that. Like just constantly revisiting those things, I think is the, the, the real, the real key. The longer I've coached, the longer I've been able to feel and get a sense for like how long a segment is going to last, even if it's a brand new, like small sided game or something like that. I, and usually those, cause I had somebody ask about specifically small sided games. Those were only lasting about like six to seven minutes. Anything yeah. longer than that, and you kind of lose the attention of the guys. And anything shorter than that, they don't get enough reps for it. But the feel is a big part of it. And I also think these coaches who just kind of like then throw out the plan and just keep going until their players get it right, I'm thinking to myself, man, I wasted all that time this afternoon planning the whole afternoon to just scrap it because they didn't meet some standard. Yeah. And, and you also kind of sometimes lose the sense of like big picture because there'll be times where I go on to something else knowing that it didn't go well and we probably should spend more time with it. But I know that tomorrow or the next day it we're going to address it again. And that's going to give me another opportunity to work our way through something like that. Yeah, I think that's just sort of like a maybe a mindset of like, OK, we're doing some drill and that's addresses some 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 skill or aspect of the game. It's it's not going well. Maybe it's new, new and unfamiliar. Got a few players who maybe are you know slower on the uptake with it or whatever. Um, and you want to stick with it longer. I would say just do it again the next day or something. You know, like do it again. You know, I, I, that's what I kind of did. I shouldn't say that that's what you should do. That's what I did. Uh, I also view as improvement happening through practices, not today we got to get this today like we, we, we got it some today and then tomorrow will be a little bit better and then two days from now i'll forget i was ever even <laughs> you know bothered by how we were getting it because now we've got it you know it's kind of like just more of a patient approach i think a lot of people maybe it's because they're more crunch for time than i was as the coach just like want some sort of guarantee whether that's um do it for this amount of minutes and your players will get it. You know, like that, that's silly. And they want this to be addressed today with this drill so I can move on. And that's just not the way coaching works. <laughs> the best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you can get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal shooting percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. 
Combined with HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. This next one I saw you address on Twitter a couple weeks ago. You had a post, and I know it went along with something that you've addressed previously. Mm -hmm. But I have kind of three parts to it, and I'll go one at a time here. But how do you feel is the best way to involve your assistants during a practice? Well, I think the best way would be the way that works for you and your program. The way I did it would be, I I tended to either or kind of even at the same time have a coach that was more, more defensively inclined Uh, myself was more offensively inclined. So that, that can be one way to involve your assistance is like you, you're leading the defensive segment. I'm leading an offensive segment. Whenever we're in a combined segment, we're kind of coaching that side of the ball, you know, at, at the same time, um, Another way I've done it is positionally, like, like you know, if a coach that is better with bigs, you know, post-related post stuff, but a coach that's better with guards, you can divide it up that way. I would say, though, that, like, I see a lot of coaches who, who have some manpower and don't use it, mm-hmm. meaning they've got a few assistants in the gym with them, but they are – they themselves, the head coach, are just leading everything. Uh, they're reticent to sort of say, okay, we're going to do this drill, and um, eight of y'all are going on that side, eight of y'all are going on that side, and and you're going to be with Coach A, you're going to be with Coach B, I'm Coach C, and I'm in the dot in the middle of the court just watching both. They're just reticent to do that because they think they're the only person who is competent and capable and can solve problems and issues, and if they don't watch everything, they won't see everything, and so it's just a control and confidence thing. But I would say that, man, if you got into coaching and you're now a head coach, you were probably an assistant at one time that was either utilized or not. So don't forget how that feels. And, and I would say if you just sort of went straight to head coaching and, and didn't serve much time as an assistant coach, I would say that you're missing out on more input more eyeballs, more feedback to your players if you're not utilizing your, not only your manpower, not to change the subject, but also your facility. Like, why are we doing everything with all 12 of us, with one coach and two assistants watching on one half of the court when we got six goals in the gym, Mm -hmm. at least the other half of the court? Or maybe some gyms have two courts run parallel to one another in their practice facility. Like, it's just a way to get better student-teacher ratio, right? Like mm-hmm. use your facilities, use your manpower um, by thinking of ways how not how like how can I how can I use my resources, be they physical or human? Mm-hmm. But I think the main way, reason why coaches don't do it is they just want to watch and control everything. Did you encourage or allow coaches to jump in during a drill? Or was that something that you wanted them to do? If I jump in, you mean like, whoa, 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 guys, hold on. Yeah. I, I didn't like anyone to do that, including myself. But sure, I, I would allow it. I mean, not a dictator. Um, I, 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 but I'm, I'm hesitant to stop it myself. So I would hope that they would model that. 
from me. And, and, you know, it's like, Hey, we got a coach on the fly during transitions and players have to sort of listen while they're playing too. Like while they're, you know, like that's, that's also now there, there were some sort of like, I think as a coach or a, even a teacher, there's a, a skill you develop of like, okay, when is it clearly evident that like this is not working and not happening? Then I'll whoa, 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 and step in. And, but I'm hesitant to do that myself, much less anyone else. So let me ask about you kind of address that a little bit, but how much talking or teaching did you do in comparison to just letting guys figure it out? I would say, um, as necessary. I mean, I think what I, what my motive was, was I understand if, if, if it's the first time they're being presented new material, it might be instructor intensive in the practice. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a learning day or a learning period or something like that, where we're, we're talking, we're walking through, we're being presented new information. I just think as a coach, I felt I felt like a lot of that meant we were falling behind because we're not playing basketball. We're standing and walking through and talking a, a certain percentage of it is necessary. I guess what I would encourage anyone listening or watching would be like, that should feel like, okay, like a necessary evil, right? Like, okay, we got to go through this today and we kind of, kind of slow down and teach it. But like tomorrow, hell no, we're going like, you know what I mean? Like, but I think there are some coaches who, They've got maybe a, a habit or a they just like to talk, give clinics. Like they, they just stop and, and explain too much instead of letting them figure it out. Um, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. As you said, it's like you've got to kind of coach on the fly and players have to sort of like listen while, not stop, right? Speaking of talking a lot as a coach, this next one here, film and practice. How long? How short? What's in the clips? Um, oh, do I film or filming? Well, practice? just film and incorporating it into practice. And that's going to be I'm going to have that as a follow up. So just oh, okay. address like it could just be game film or or film that you pr recorded at practice. But then now you're watching. But now that the season has started, so like a film session. Sure. Like a film okay. session. But I have some coaches. I know use that, especially if things didn't go well to now we're going to watch a long session. Is that something that you do in individuals or a combination? Does it take up practice time? Is it a, a time before practice after practice? How have you seen that work and how have you found that to work best for you? I would say probably just from having talked to a lot of coaches over the years since I've left coaching now and then reflecting back on, my habits as a coach is I was probably on the lower end of film watching, like as a group with a team, just as I'm just, that's just anecdotal based on uh, kind of my conversations with a lot of coaches over the years. I personally watched a lot of film like at home at night and then sort of like then tailored our practice environments to address what I'm seeing or done well or not well in in on film i i would say maybe 20 30 minutes a time maybe two a week would be what i did i would if you asked me what it took away from was probably on court time um i didn't i didn't have my i didn't sit down like say with like a bunch of film on our opponents a whole lot every once in a while i would 
especially if it's an opponent that like maybe like in our state we play our district two times home and away and maybe we played them once already now i might spend and we're going to play them for the second time we might look at our performance against them in the first time in in an edited format but i'd say i'm on the low end there but what i would i have found not only in doing film sessions with coaches but also with my teams is that let's edit it like like have a topic have a playlist of like instead of just watching raw game footage like where there's stops we got to fast forward through referees and cheerleaders and halftime and timeouts like let's pull clips we I, I did a thing that we call good the good the bad the ugly um where i would i would maybe have like 10 or 12 film clips and like they might be categorized the good the bad the ugly like this was great this more of this look at this possession how we were spaced how we shared the ball how we made the extra pass how we penetrate pass pass shot you know great stuff okay here's a possession here where it was kind of bad and here's a possession here where it was real bad like we never even got got it going or have a playlist it's like if you feel like your transition defense was terrible last night and that's why you lost and you want to beat your team up with a film session over it, then that let's let's pull some examples of good bad and ugly like here's what's right here's was a bad one and here was like we can't this is totally below the line we can't have this you know i've had the most success and found the most success will do we'll, by doing what you just said by focusing in on one thing and focusing in for a shorter period of time these sessions i would never run a drill for 15 20 25 minutes i don't know with the with the attention span of this generation and you can blow that off if you want to and say well they sh they need to be or they should be i just don't know that you're maximizing your time or their attention or your focus if you're going much longer than seven eight nine minutes on one thing and i have found this suggestion i think that i've even mentioned here before i like to incorporate film like into practice okay. where we'll go over to a television and watch three or four clips and then go out on the court and work something yeah i've seen that done that's just nice. the the tying of of like the immediate and then the immediate the watching and then the immediate feedback or the immediate attention to that we talk so much and there have been studies done about attention and losing attention when you break for something or introduce something different mm -hmm. and then the focus that goes along with that attention and i think that you're kind of doing yourself more harm than good when you segment things and don't give immediate attention to that from the physical tactile kinesthetic aspect of it yeah and it's probably a lot deeper and smarter than i know to talk about but i i, I just i like the idea there because there's sort of like the film is the model now let's go immediately recreate that model like i'm showing you an exemplary clip of us showing a five out beautifully spaced ball movement player movement whatever that's the model then we can immediately go recreate that so we mm -hmm. get a sense like you use the word kinesthetic of how that feels how that mm -hmm. how that actually works with my body in space with with in relation to the players you know like that's a good idea if yeah. if you've got the facilities and the technology to do it i think that that's a good idea let me finish with this one and it goes along with what we just talked about did you film practice 
And I've heard of coaches filming entire practices and then they're going back in and watching the whole thing. Did you film segments? Did you not film any? And then what did you do with that? Or what have you seen coaches do with that once they have filmed the practice? I've seen everything. So um, me personally, I'm a fossil. So I, I didn't have like the mounted cameras in my gym. Like a lot of these people, like most everyone has now. And so that, that was a little bit labor intensive for me to, to have somebody to set up the camera, man the camera back in the old days when you had a video camera. Um, so my answer would be no, I didn't. Occasionally I did film segments of practice, but for the most part, no. Um, if I did, it would be like kind of like to create um, some content that I was going to later use as a teaching tool for our team. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to film this and maybe, maybe evaluate it later with the group as a, as a teaching accelerant. I have spoke with coaches who film every day, watch every day. They film, they've got mounted cameras and they're just on and yeah, but I personally did not probably nor would not do that. I know most coaches don't have the time to do something like that. The huddle focus have been, has been a game, cha game changer for us, mm -hmm. being able to just pull out my phone and click it basically within a couple clicks, turn it on and film a segment has been helpful because then I can take that and that can be our five minute segment the next day at, at practice. Yeah. Um, it also allows me to, like you said, I can record that and then that can be something that I upload later to YouTube and use that for future reference as a go watch this or go look at this. This is the way that it's supposed to be. I know not everybody has access to something like that, but has just been something that has allowed us to kind of maximize our time and, and give us immediate feedback. There is the capability for you to record and then immediately watch that. And maybe that's how you incorporate the film into the, into your practices. So yeah. yeah, technology has kind of changed that. I know not everybody has access to that, but Sure. It's kind of incorporating th that component into what we already talked about, about how can I give immediate feedback that the players can see and then make the adjustments there out on the court has been helpful oh, for us. I'm going to sound like the old guy in the room, but I kind of wonder if I, I'm just, I'm not going to get too philosophical, I, I promise, but like I've kind of noticed just in my interactions with social acquaintances and people now that like we have sort of an erosion of attention and memory i'm not talking about kids i'm talking about full-grown adults and it's probably due to the cell phones and that everyone but like i wonder if i'm i guess like i could remember things that happened in practice and i could i could i could think you know like are, are we are we not flexing that muscle if we're i'll just watch the film later like sure. you know like you get what I'm getting at? I don't yeah. know. I'm not trying yeah. to sound like the old guy in the room, but uh, <laughs> maybe I do. And I am the old guy in this room, but um, I would say I, I can see and I can remember. That's, you know, like that's why I've, I can, I can do that. Yeah, that's good. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. So uh, only about five things today, but that's because we have plenty more. We're going to. Yeah, let's let's don't let's don't go overboard. Let's save some of these good questions for another yeah. episode. We probably got at least one more episode, maybe another one. And if you are watching or listening and you have something that you would want, we still have a couple more weeks with this. So please feel free to send in that. You can send us something on Twitter or you can reply to one of these that you see here on YouTube or on Facebook. 
That'll do it for this week. Appreciate all of you who joined us for the live show. If you missed any part, you can go back and watch the full episode on YouTube. Just search Radius Athletics. If you're more inclined to listen, you can go to any podcast platform and search a quick timeout to find an audio version of the show. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. Thanks again for all of those who joined us this week and then also who submitted questions. We'll talk to you again next week on Hoops Forum.